And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy bus called the Christian Journey. First, the monkeys. That's right. I said the monkeys had a classic song in the 1960s. I think it was actually 67. It was written actually by Neil Diamond. Is that amazing? It's called I'm a Believer. I'm a Believer. As Christians, we love it. We sing about, they sing about young love, but we sing about that from an eternal grace point of view. But in the midst of this comes a secondary player. He is called the Deceiver. So we are believers, but Satan is the Deceiver. Did you get that? That's pretty important. Next, the tactical deception that the enemy uses is whatever can help him stop you. His problem is you. Let's just acknowledge it right now. He can't stop Jesus, but he is trying to stop you and me from promoting Jesus in any way, shape, or form that he can. Suppose an enemy can neutralize the soldiers of an opposing army. In that case, he clogs up the progress of that opposing kingdom and slows it down to a crawl. That's his primary tactic, to neutralize his opposition. That's you. And finally, from a judicial point of view, nothing and nobody can stop us from promoting the kingdom of God. The authority of Jesus is on our side, so the enemy tries to deceive us into stepping out of bounds so we cannot be a part of the play or the game. His tactics are to remove from us eligibility, get this now, in our minds and in our hearts. And then we just limp to the sidelines Don't be a limper. Be in the game that Jesus put you in. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oive. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us, 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, you get to talk to Captain Chris, and that means you are sailing in the right direction. Kind of like a nice sailboat scenario with the sun setting and it feels warm. 
Don't open your mouth to get salt water in it. You know, just something that kind of thing. Here's the bottom line. You might have a thought, an opinion, a comment, an idea, something you want to just share, something that you want to offer up as prayer uh, and asking other people to join you in that prayer. Maybe it's a praise report that you want to give. Whatever that is that's going on, we want you to have that freedom to do that with us. The idea behind the show is not to be your church. It's not to be the ministry. It's to be part of a fellowship with one another that we strengthen one another, encourage one another as we see the day getting closer. Pretty sure most people would agree, well, it's getting closer. (laughs) Yes, it is. And so we want to strengthen one another and encourage one another as brothers and sisters in the Lord. We also do this weird thing called Bible trivia. I don't know if you guys are aware of that or not. Uh, But we're going to offer up our Bible trivia question for this first segment. This segment in this hour will be an easier Bible trivia because I'm in an easier mood. Which of the twin boys between Esau and Jacob was born first? There you go. You only got two answers that can come out of this. So it's a 50-50. We're not Vegas, but there you go. Which of the twin boys was born first, Esau or Jacob? Pretty straightforward. If you think you know the answer, you can call us at 972-445-0770. You can also text us at 214-210-8483. And then you can also send an email, david at org. So you just got to answer that question. Not overly complex. I don't think you just got to pick which one's first. There you go. Keeping it easy. Uh, I'm trying. I think I'm missing something, but I can't remember what I'm missing. Am I missing anything? Oh, don't forget the website, right? We do want to remind you about the website. That is a place to give, but only if the Lord puts it on your heart. Don't worry about that. But enjoy whatever you can out of the website. We think it's kind of cool. Some of the stuff is really encouraging. Check out hemustincrease.org. Website hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. Email David at hemustincrease.org. Facebook. He Must Increase Ministry, YouTube, He Must Increase Ministry. Okie dokie artichoke, one of our favorite theological terms. I would advise you at every level to buckle in. This will not be easy to hear and probably not easy to teach, but it is one of those things that does take place. John chapter 8, verse 42 through 44. I'm just curious if everybody believes that the words that Jesus had to say matter. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Wow. So for those that are trying to figure it out, the people will sit there and they'll talk about Jesus and the New Testament and and the Bible, and then they say this, love, 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 love. And listen, I'm not opposed to love. Don't get the wrong idea. Without the love of God, we wouldn't be saved. But Jesus talked more about warfare and right living and eternity than he did about love. I know you don't No, but there's summary, Dave. Yeah, but the summary doesn't exclude the warfare. 
and throughout the entire New Testament, oh wait, throughout the entire Old Testament, I guess that's Old Testament and New Testament, there is discussion about spiritual warfare, and one of the things that gets identified right off the bat, without trying to get out of it, is Jesus making this declaration that Satan is the father of lies. And everybody runs around, everybody's the child of God. Well, here, here, Jesus just said this. He said, you belong to your father, the devil. So you're saying something that's contrary to Jesus. I didn't say it. I didn't write it. I didn't even interpret it. It's not, you can't get mad at me. It says it the same thing in every text. And the text is saying that some people follow the father of lies. What happens when, when that takes place? That means that lies are directing their life, that lies are influencing them, that lies are puncturing them. And you think, well, what kind of lies do, do Christians face? Okay, let's just do some of that. God doesn't love you now, now that he knows you. I mean, when you got saved and you repented, it was brand new. It was wonderful. Everything was so wonderful. It was like lilies. It's fantastic. But now that he's gotten to know you, he doesn't love you the same. That's a lie. (laughs) There's one. Oh, God can't do anything. You know, God helps those who help themselves. There's another lie. All right? Cleanliness is next to godliness. There's another lie. Money is the root of all evil. There's another lie. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil, not money. You're just not worthy. You never will be. God just tolerates you. That's a lie. You'll never tell anybody that you're going through that, but that too is a lie. You see, these are all lies, and anytime that people buy into them, they're being connected to the father of lies. No lie takes place that Satan is unaware of. He's the dad. You know how God is the heavenly father and how he created the earth and created life? Well, every time a lie is created, guess who's there? The father of lies. Where was the first lie? Yea, hath God said? I'm not sure that's correct. Did he really say that? Yes, he did, you bad snake. Go away. It's like that's not what she said and that's not how it happened. But the point is it started then. And Satan's been doing the same thing for a long time, throwing deception at believers. It wasn't like Adam and Eve didn't believe in God. They were created by God. Of course they believed in God. But Satan made them focus on other things and not be responsive and obedient to God. And when the lies come in our direction, the purpose of those lies, to wound us. And when you say yes to the—you might think it's the silliest thing, a a little thing, like something that seems insignificant. Well, my mom and my dad, they love me, but they love all the kids more. You might say it that way to yourself, but the reality is deep inside of you, that hurts, right? So the whole element hurts, and then that gets used against you. And it's like it's all about creating pain and turmoil and making you struggle and making you frustrated and making you disappointed. Everything the devil is doing is trying to put you in that place where he just breaks you down so you do nothing. That's his goal, to immobilize you, to throw so much fear and so many lies in your direction that you do nothing. It's not going to stop Jesus, but he is going to try and stop you on a regular basis. 
Okay. Esau was the answer. Not Jacob. Esau was born first. I'm going to take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? And God's it's like, there's no room there. It's like, well, no, 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 I, I can, I can, you know, not vote for either kingdom. Well, let me get this straight. You're not voting for the kingdom of God. Therefore, you're also trying to be a supporter of the kingdom of darkness. How's that work? That doesn't work. And in, in lieu of that, you know, I was, uh, had a discussion with my son. We were talking about preparation and being ready because you never know when the Lord, you don't know when that trumpet's going to blow for you. You don't know at that moment where God's going to go ding dong, time's up. And I, say, I said, you always got to be ready. He said, well, you can't always be ready. It's like, no, you always got to be ready. Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, be ready. Always be ready for you do not know the day that the Lord will come. And that's not just from an eschatological point of view for life. That's for you individually. You got to be ready and watchful and aware because this is kingdom stuff. And there's a kingdom being built. Glorify God, and there's all the opposing kingdoms, and it's a pretty straightforward question. Which kingdom are you trying to support? That's the question. And if you say, well, I'm not supporting any kingdom, then you are opposed to the kingdom of God. Because you're either helping advance his kingdom or you're in opposition. And that's where Jesus split the line. And you think, well, that, that doesn't seem fair. We have a great word around this show that we like to use every once in a while, but with tons of love. Tough. It's like, it's, it's not whether you think it's fair or not. You know, well, I don't think God, a God of love would do it this way or this way. Too bad what you think. You're not God. That's not up to you. Well... That's just what the Bible says. Let me get this straight. So you believe that God can create the universe, but he can't write a book? Boy, that argument's going to get lost every single time. So my whole point in bringing this up is there's, it's not a contradiction at all. You're either for, you're there for, in Luke 9, 49 and 50, you're either for the kingdom, advancing the kingdom, driving out demons in the name of Jesus Christ, trying to make declaration for the truth of God, or you're against the kingdom, whether you are verbally, physically against it, or whether you are verbally and physically doing nothing. There is... No neutral. You're either a kingdom advancer or you're against the kingdom. And what's really hard, are you ready for your noodle to get baked here, is the decisions that we make advance kingdoms. Do we consider our decisions before we make these decisions, do we consider what kingdom we're impacting? Wow. Isn't that tough? The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Don't forget, it's also KAAM, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready for our next trivia question. Challenging. 
I don't know if you really need to use the 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 horn on this one because it's it's just a challenging question. So I don't know that it's sneaky. It's challenging though. Uh, what did Abraham's servant pray? Remember, we just talked about who was it that Abraham entrusted uh, to uh, get a wife uh, for uh, Isaac, and it's a, it was his servant. And so here's the next question. What did Abraham's servant pray that the girl he met him and his camels would do if she was the one who was going to become Isaac's wife? In other words, he prayed, Lord, let her do this. What was the do this part? That he prayed for, for all those people that think you can never ask God to, uh, like, uh, lay out a fleece. Oh, well, <laughs> it happened here. Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. That'd be the number to call. 214-210-8483. That's the number to text. And then also David at hemustincrease.org. Tough questions today. That's right. Sometimes you got to do the tough questions. Okay, so I have these two elements of joke of jokes. One is uh, hymns that are for the that we would call them lukewarm Christian hymns. That sounds pretty funny, doesn't it? Okay, all right. Let's do that first. That's a that's a girl. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Ready now. I have a bunch of these. I'm not doing all of these, but some of these are just rather. These are what we call lukewarm Christian. Hymns. You ever heard of the of uh, the hymn "I Surrender All"? In this hymn, it's called "I Surrender Some." <laughs> okay. There's the hymn. There will be uh, showers of blessing for the lukewarm. There shall be sprinkles of blessings. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, there's a hymn. Oh, how I love Jesus for the lukewarm. It's oh, how I like Jesus. <laughs> Okay. Uh, there's a classic hymn called It's No Secret What God Can Do for the Lukewarm. It's it's My Secret What God Can Do. <laughs> and then my favorite one is this one. Okay. It says, you know that, that hymn, Just As I Am? Just as, just as I am. Okay. Uh, for the lukewarm Christian, it's just as I pretend to be. And then I'll leave it with this one because you guys will really appreciate this one. Uh, you guys should know this one pretty well. When the saints go marching in, classic hymn. For the lukewarm, it's when the saints go sneaking in. <laughs> That's what it is when you have lukewarm Christians doing uh, Christian hymns. Okay? All right. We ready for uh, somebody to answer the question? All right, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David, it's Alicia. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Alicia. How are you doing? Doing good. I'm glad to hear that. This is a tough question. I think some people are like, ooh, toughy. But uh, I have a feeling you're going to probably get this right. And if not, I know we'll get you there one way or another. But I have a feeling <laughs> you got it. What did Abraham's servant pray that the girl who met him and his camels, what, that, what did he pray that she would do? Well, in Genesis twenty four fourteen, it says, "Please let down your jar so that I may drink." That is drink. correct. <laughs> you are right. So she she was, and so what I love about this story is some people say, "Well, you can't really ask God to do something like that. That's so specific. That's like sign oriented. It's like really <laughs> seems like seems to be <laughs> well, like it's it right is, there, huh? right? It's right there in the book. I don't know, uh, but it's like what a amazing thing. And then that was, do you remember how many how many women he prayed that about? I mean, do you remember what what which number she was in this process? 
Oh, uh, no, I don't. She was the first. In other words, he didn't come across oh. anybody else. He was just like, okay, her. Let it be her. Let this happen. <laughs> Let this be. And God was like, okay, here you go. <laughs> and it was just like, bam. God was protecting. That was, isn't that, I just love that story. I just love that. I know it. Great job, by the way. Excellent job. Well, thank you. Oh, I appreciate it very, very much. Enjoy yourself. Okay. God bless you. And I thank you for that. I really do appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Excellent work. Love it. I just love it. People are just like, yeah. And she's even got the passage ready. She's ready to go. She's dropping it. Here we go. That's like a mic drop one. Here you go. Here's the verse, Dave. Okay. There you go. All right. So what's the big deal on this whole thing that they, why are you making such a big deal about the deception, Dave? What's your, uh, what's the, what's the, what's the dealios? Here's the dealios. The devil is a deceiver, and the deception that he uses is one that affects Christians and churches. And and you might think, I'm not going to say this is his—I got to be careful when I say this. He's got many great, great deceptions. Probably the biggest deception he uses is the forgiveness, lack of forgiveness one, probably. But this one's really close, and I want to share the story with you so I can at least make sure I communicate it in an effective way. Here's what we're going to be talking about. Remember the guy that had all the demons in him, and uh, his he was his name was Legion. So I want to pick it up from there. Uh, how Jesus came across this guy, uh, starting in Mark chapter five verse six. He saw Jesus at a distance. He ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, "What do you want from me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me." For Jesus had said to him. Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus said to him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. He begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on a nearby hillside, and the demons begged Jesus, Send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission... Nobody wants to talk about that. That's a whole other story. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank in the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what happened. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Verse 19 in the big key. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis, how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. How long had this guy been delivered before Jesus sent him on his mission? Ten seconds. Thirty seconds. Six minutes. I mean, you're talking about such a short time. What does Jesus do? He says, no, I don't want you to go with me uh, in, in that capacity. What I want you to do is take what I've done for you, and I want you to go share that with people. Now I want you I want to ask you a question and you just just be honest. If you had just been delivered from a, a a legion of demons and Jesus said it was okay and you you brought that to a church 
and said, I'm going to go tell people what Jesus did for me. How do you think the church would respond? Well, first you're going to shower. Next, you're going to brush your teeth. Third, we're going to put these clothes on you. Fourth, we're going to go take you through witnessing 101 because we want you to understand how to witness. You know how he should witness? I had all these demons. Jesus came and they're gone. <laughs> That's all he has to do. And you're thinking, but hey, no, 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 no. See, here's the problem. What the de- what the enemy does is he tries to con us out of thinking that it's okay to share because we're so messed up. And he does it to the church and he does it to individuals. Listen, you're not Billy Graham. Don't worry about preaching like Billy Graham. Billy Graham had his own ministry. He should be Billy Graham. That's what the Lord calls him to be. Great man of God, fantastic, did wonderful work. Anybody who has a complaint about it uh, has their own problems. It's not an issue. But that's not what God called you to do. But certainly, at a minimum, God called you to share the things that God has done in your life. And what do you need by preparation? I think you need just the touch of Jesus. This guy had no prep in every one of the top 100 churches right now in the entire world. This guy would have to go through a class. Except in the church of Jesus Christ where Jesus actually touched him and then Jesus said, go tell people. Well, don't we have to do this for it? No, go tell people. Tell them what Jesus did for you. You don't have to sound good. You don't have to be good. I have to be good. What do you think grace is all about? You have to be good. And I've heard what people have had to say. Well, you'll never be as, you can only be as good as the life you live. I mean, that's kind of like the testimony some people come up with. There's no human being that's as good as the gospel itself. It's the greatest message ever. It's far beyond mankind. That's why it's a gift. That's why it's not something you can earn. But what the enemy does, it's a con job. He tells me, you can't do ministry. You can't do stuff. You're not good enough. You're not prepared. And by doing that, sidelines them. And that's the lie. God, I just want to say it in such a nice way. i got to be really careful. God used a donkey. God used a donkey to rebuke a prophet. Donkeys are not actually all set up for ministry. I don't know if you know that or not. They haven't gone through a whole bunch of classes. They're not ready. They don't have the approval of anything. And yet God used a donkey to rebuke a prophet. He was a false prophet, Dave. The Bible still calls him a prophet. And God used a donkey so he can use you. (laughs) Sorry, that's what it is. All right, we'll take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. All of mankind, destroying everyone and everything we find. Like any person searching for answers, I too have wondered about him. He has a weird sense of humor. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. Those big ears really don't help. Will people enjoy his perspective on culture, politics, food, sports, and local and national news? I don't know. He's just a client. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience on KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? Each of the four living creatures had six wings. 
and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And you're thinking, that's a great verse, Dave. What does that got to do with Thanksgiving? Right? Because that doesn't have any application except for... God is pictured here as always was, always is, and always will be. And a person who is walking in the dynamic of continually giving thanks is looking at their past with thanksgiving, is looking at their present with thanksgiving, and is looking at their future with thanksgiving because God has operated in the past, the present, and the future, and you have a past, a present, and a future, and when you look at your past and you operate with thanksgiving, and you look at your present and you operate with thanksgiving, and you look at your future and you operate with thanksgiving, you're operating in those principles with God, and if you look at your past with thanksgiving, guess what you won't have. You won't have bitterness. And if you look at your present with thanksgiving, guess what you're going to have? A trusting and a confidence. And if you look to your future with thanksgiving, guess what you're going to have? A hope for a better tomorrow. All these principles operate if you will continually walk in thanksgiving on every aspect and element of your life. You won't be bitter. You'll be trusting God and walking in confidence. You'll be looking for a better tomorrow. You'll be operating in the principle of faith. You'll be honoring God and you'll be setting yourself free in your partnership with God from all the crap that holds you. How can that be bad? Amen. How can that be bad? I mean, it blow my mind. You shouldn't say crap, Dave. Oh, shut up and read the book for crying out loud. We should be thanking God for, oh, but this terrible thing happened. But look how God brought you through it. Amen. This terrible thing is happening, but look how God is bringing you through it. Hey, when they start shooting Christians, look how God took you out and brought you to him. I mean, it's like it's all together. You can't escape this. If you look at your life with a continual feast of thanksgiving, you'll have a continual feast. The David Spoon Experience. If Jesus Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Boy, I bet I get a bunch of emails on that one. That's a new play that we've uh, set in there. People are probably freaking out. It's like, I tried to tell everybody before I did radio, I was a much fierier teacher. Much much. <laughs> a little fired up there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, but boy, there I've been a I'll never forget. And I did this on purpose. So don't give. So I was talking about if you're not going to use the word again, and then threw the Bible straight to the back of the church, past 200 people's heads, <laughs> pages flying everywhere. I said, "Then don't use it." You know, it's just like. Uh, now that wasn't my nice Bible, so that was okay. All right, for everybody that's offended, I don't apologize, but you still have to love me. Uh, what are we doing? We're doing our trivia question? Okay. I have to check with Chris. What am I doing? Uh, here we go. What did God say to Rebecca when she asked, why is this happening to me when the babies jostled within her? I like that word jostled. That's a pretty good word. Uh, what did God say to Rebecca 
when she asked, why is this happening to me when the baby's jostled within her? If you think you know the answer, you can simply call in 972-445-0770. Or you can text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. And you can also go to hemustincrease.org to check out the website. Website, he must increase dot org, he must increase dot org. Email David at he must increase dot org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I just know there's some people that are listening going, oh, what did he say? I will tell you, and this is very important. Now, I won't do it on radio, so it doesn't matter, but I am the preacher that did the 10 words you can't say from the pulpit. Just in case you're trying to figure out who that was from, I'll just I'll just let that sit there. <laughs> just gonna let it sit there. I'm not gonna do anything with it. What did God say to Rebecca when she asked, "Why is this happening to me?" When the baby's jostled within her, that is a straightforward, very good question, and we do have somebody that uh, is gonna answer, which is pretty impressive. To come right off the bat, we ready? Okay, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is Mary. Uh, hi, she Mary. She knows the answer. All <laughs> <laughs> right, Mary. I knew you. I just, I'm so glad when you call. It's always a wonderful time to hear you. So, all right, this is a classic now. So she's, uh, she's like going, what's going on inside here? And so she asks God, what up? <laughs> Probably said it differently. Uh, and then he answers, what did he answer her in regards to what was taking place inside of her? I think he told her um, that she had two nations. That is correct. Exactly, Mary. And you want to know what's amazing? And I just want to point this out because people can have all of the uh, you know theology they want, but when she is sitting there going, something is going on inside of my womb. These uh, these kids are fighting. What's going on? And the Lord tells her, well, that's two people. That's two nations. These are two nations that are coming forward. Boy, talk about God saying it's not a fetus. Right? I mean, it's like there's two people in you that are fighting, and that should be uh, good enough for everybody to go, yeah, God considers that which is in the womb people. Because he already lays it out just as as clear as it can be. There's two nations inside you fighting. One person represents this. One person represents this. And yet they were both in the womb. But yet God considers them people. Yeah. Right. Feel sorry for the poor woman. (laughs) I know, right? But I think about it, boy, that poor woman. Well, I mean, you know, that's a tough one, right? I don't know to have to have the twins warring against each other. You know, pulling on each other, kicking each other, doing whatever. Oh, boy, I can't imagine what that must have felt like. You know. That that was I mean, that's I worse really than can. Tabasco. That's worse than a Tabasco dinner. Hey, I have a good question. I just wanted sure. to know. Um, um, I I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Um, Shabot, Shabot, Shabat, Shabbat. Maybe it's 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 a. It must be a Hebrew. Um, S C H A is it S C H A B B O T? 
What spell it again? S S C I mean S H A B B O T. Oh. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think. So I hear some of them when they when they talk to you, one man in particular he he uses that a couple Yeah, of like times. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. So Shabbat, like saying like Shabbat Shalom is, is uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, the word Shabbat would be good or blessed or, you know, like, uh, uh, oh, it's kind of like, yeah, kind of like along those lines. And if Sam needs to call and correct, because Sam, Samson does a better job of explaining that than I do, but that's kind of what that is. So Shabbat Shalom is, has much more to do to have a, a wonderful, a good Friday, a good, a good, a good Sabbath is what it is. Have a good Sabbath, oh. good Sabbath or a blessed Sabbath. Oh. That's what that means. That's oh. what the Shabbat Shalom is. Yeah. Actually, Shabbat is the other one. So that's right. So Shabbat is the, see, now that I said it, I'm thinking of my Hebrew days. So Shabbat is the Sabbath, and then the Shalom is the good. Okay? That's how it goes. I knew oh. I said it wrong as soon as I said it. Oh. But maybe that well, helps thank you. thank you. I was wondering what that, what the, you have one fellow that, you, that uses that um, when he calls in. Yep. Yeah, and that's so that's Samson. I was wondering what that meant. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what it means. Have a great have a great Alrighty. Sabbath. A great Sabbath. Good job, Mary. Good call. Very, oh, very good work. Oh, oh thank you. All right, thank God bless you. you. Okay. You're doing all right. You're your legs doing better. Not? Yep. Doing better. You're your legs doing better. Yep. Always okay. doing better. Oh, and I know you have that M- MRI. You know, I had an MRI once and I counted the different noises. I think I counted Something like twelve different noises. Wow! You know they have the hammer and they have the saw and then they have <laughs> too funny. Oh, I don't know. They Just... have all these different noises. Are they used to anyway? Now maybe they don't have them anymore. But they used to have when they give you an MRI and you're listening. You're not listening to music. You're just listening to the different sounds. Yeah. And I thought I counted like. Yeah. Oh, I tell you for sure, sound like a hammer and a saw. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll keep, well, I'll keep well, you I hope posted. It all goes well for you. That's for sure. I'll pray okay. for you. Okay. Uh, all right. Thank you, Mary. Okay. God bless. All righty. Oh, bye bye. All right. What we're gonna do is we're gonna do the history in the next segment here because I want to get into the 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 part of the team. She's so funny. Yeah, so Shabbat Shalom. I don't know why I mix those up. So I, Samson probably doesn't have to call in. So the Shabbat is the Sabbath, and the Shalom is good. A good Sabbath. Okay, that's really what it is. Okay, here's the thing I want you to know. I don't want you to get weird on me or squirrely or bizarre or anything like that. Let's just keep this really easy. 2 Corinthians five eighteen through 19 says this. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ— and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God." When Paul is writing this, this is the second letter to the church at Corinth, he's telling them, look, you have this ministry. This ministry is a ministry of reconciliation. God has chosen you. God has chosen me. He has chosen us as his servants to be ministers of this reconciliation. We all have the ministry of reconciliation. The reality is that we are appealing to other people on behalf of God. So when people say, well, I don't speak for God, that's too bad.
bad because if you did, then you'd be saved. But anyway, so the bottom line in that process is it all goes back to Matthew 28, 16 through 18, the Great Commission, where we're told to, to, to share about Jesus, all that he has commanded, all that he has taught, everything I've teaching you and, and commanded you, teach them to obey. And the idea behind it all is that you have the ministry of reconciliation, I have the ministry of reconciliation, and when you hear that, you think, ooh, does that mean I have, have to say it right? Do I have to use a jack chick track? Do I have to do the Romans road? Do I have to tell them how bad they are, then tell them how good they are? Can I tell them about the love of Jesus? Should I get them to know about hell? What should I do? Here's my answer. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, and maybe. Every situation is different. Every person is different. You're different. You don't have to have everything spelled out so that everything you do is a perfect checklist. This isn't a Franklin planner, okay, which I used to use, by the way. So, and I like them, so don't get the wrong idea. So, but you don't have to check off on all the different. Let God be your director of ministry in your life and just be a willing vessel. The biggest thing you really have to do is just share what God has done to you, through you, to you, for you, however you want to say it. It doesn't matter. Just be willing. Just be that person. Be that person who understands God can use me. He not only can use you, he wants to use you. And what the enemy wants you to think is you're not good enough to be used. And here's the secret sauce. Nobody is good enough to be used. Period. Paul is technically a murderer. When he was Saul, he gave approval to murder. God used him. This is the, the thing you got to, God will use you right where you're at if you do the Isaiah call. Here I am. Send me. That's it. That's, all you got. That's it. God will take care of all the other tech stuff. Okay, we're going to take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated. 
knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. The deterioration of the ecosystem or creation itself is definitely the result of man. You say, well, how can you say that? Well, Romans chapter 8, verse 19 through 21. I just read the scriptures. I don't need anything else. The Bible says this, the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Creation itself is longing for the redemption that comes through Jesus Christ, and until that takes place, it is on a collision course down. The result of the ecosystem or creation itself crashing is a result of man's sin in the garden. So when they say, oh, well, it's not man-made, Oh, yes, it is. Of course it's man-made. It's because we messed up in the garden. But I wasn't with Adam and Eve. You were in the person of Adam and Eve. And if you want me to use it, you were in the life-giving force of Adam and Eve. And if you want me to really say it, you were in the loins of Adam and Eve. You were there, too. They stuck their fist up to God and said, nope. (laughs) And God went, okie dokie, here's the result. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM, the truth station here in Texas. You just heard a little bit of Phil Kiki entry, but I was listening to that this morning this mor- on the way in. I love that song. Such a good song. Here we go. Last uh, trivia question. All of them have been tough. I know. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we make them all easy, right? Sometimes we make them all hard. Just a little tougher. After, not, the answer is in Genesis. I'll say that ahead of time. After Abraham sent, uh, sacrificed a ram in the place of his son Isaac, what name did Abraham give to that place? Now, you don't have to give me the Hebrew word. You can just give me the definition. It's okay. I'm not, you know. But after the sacrifice was made, all right, after he sacrificed the, the ram, Abraham, in place of his son Isaac, what name did Abraham give to that place? Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. If you think you know, you can call in 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email to david at org. The first response, of course, comes from Al saying, Isaac's Barbecue House. <laughs> Probably. Didn't think I'd read that, did you, Al? You were wrong. <laughs> Feeling emboldened. That's <laughs> uh, pretty funny. Uh, Joanne and Cordelia, right on track there. We are going to do our history first, and then we will uh, go into the rest of the teaching and then hopefully answer the trivia question. So let's do history. Let's go
All right, there is a couple of uh, different things on the docket for today's history. The first one, there is a come and take it day. That term actually comes from come and take it. It's actually from the American Revolution in 1778, probably in kind of an unofficial holiday, obviously. Uh, but uh, the, it refers to the patriotic words of Colonel McIntosh, who told the British commander Fuser, who claimed to surrender, he said, come and take it. You know, kind of thing. So it's kind of an interesting, like, uh, you, you think you're going to take it for me? Come and take it. It kind of reminds you of Charlton Heston and the whole uh, thing about the apes. Anyway, uh, it's also Garlic Lover's Day. I like garlic. I mean, do you like that? I love, like, oh, garlic. Oh, it's good. Oh, it's good. Garlic bread. You like garlic bread? I love that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, how do you not like that? And then it's uh, National Noodle Day. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Goes good with the garlic. I, no, that's true. And it's we used to do that line, if you don't stop that, we're going to give you 50 lashes with a wet noodle. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one. Uh, today in 1857, the American Chess Association, the ACA, was organized. <laughs> Just an acronym for everything, isn't there? Uh, 1889 in this day, Thomas Edison uh, showed the first motion picture. Uh, and then in 1962, James Bond, Dr. No, first in the James Bond series, made its world uh, premiere in London, starring Sean Connery. Now, uh, it was not actually the first James Bond movie, by the way. That one was the Casino Royale one that was more of comedy spoofy kind of thing. Okay, got that done, got that done, got that done. All right, last time I'll offer up the question. Uh, there it is. Uh, after Abraham sacrificed a ram in the place of his son Isaac, what name did Abraham give that place? That's a good one to know, especially for. That's a good one to know. We'll just leave that there. Nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero. That would be the phone number to call. Two one four two one zero eight four eight three. That's the number to text. And then you can send an email, David, at hemustincrease.org. Back to this uh, teaching. It's not a complex teaching. I don't think – I just think it's really important to understand that of the things that the enemy tries to do against Christians, keeping them silent about what God has done in their lives is at the top of the list with a couple of other things. But that's right up there in one, two, or three spot. And the reason is because when you share what God has done in your life, that gives hope to other people who have no hope. And that's the change. That's the difference. Because when you find out that there is, first of all, eternal life connected to Jesus Christ, then you find out that he's there for you in, in the hard times as well as the good times. Then you find out that he'll never abandon you, and he's always faithful, and he's going to watch over you, and there's protection there. It just kind of changes the mode of all of it. But if you have none of those things, you lack hope in every one of those areas because you don't know what's going to happen. And that's a toughie. Now, I'm never asking any of you to do something that's beyond you, that, and I wouldn't ask it because God's not asking it for you to do something that's beyond you. Anything that the Lord sets before you, he gives you the ability to accomplish. Unlike human management, if God gives you a responsibility to do, he gives you the authority to do it. Okay? So when you go into Acts 1.8, you find out you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. What you really need more than anything else is the sensitivity to walking in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. For those that are trying to figure that out, that's going to be First Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 13.14, uh, where it talks about have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And the idea behind that is to understand that it's the power of God that is in you, 
turning you into a Christ-like person, and the power of God that comes upon you for the purpose of ministry that gives you the opportunity to minister. It's not your strength. It's not your wisdom. It's not your insight, but it does involve your willingness, and therein lies the key. And what the devil wants to do is sideline you from being willing, trying to get you to self-disqualify. So for those that—I don't know if they still do this in football or not, but back in the day, because I haven't watched it in a little while, uh, when somebody—when they would do a kickoff and uh, kick off a punt or a kickoff, if the uh, team that was going to tackle went out of bounds and then came back into bounds, they were not quite, they were not enabled to play. That's what the enemy's trying to do, get people to go out of bounds so they can't participate in the play. And it's like that's exactly what he's trying to do. He's trying to do it to you, trying to do it to others. God is not concerned about your perfection prior in the context of he has already made you perfect through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. Now he just wants you to be willing. And the guy that said to Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to go with you. He already showed that willingness right there. And Jesus goes, yeah, you're willing. All right, why don't you go tell everybody? He's like, okay. And what happened when people heard about it? The scripture gives its definition. They were amazed. Just think about that. And the Lord will use you and wants to use you. But again, listen to this passage. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When people think about witnessing, nine out of ten times they think about two people knocking on the door with ties and a book and, you know, just, hi, we're from the Watchtower. Hi, we're from the Church of the Later Day Saints. We know what this is. You're just like going, ay, 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 ay. Here's an idea. When the Lord opens a door for something to be shared, just be ready to share it, whatever the situation is. Don't have everything pre-planned. Don't have to know everything. Just have to trust that you're in partnership with God. You don't save anybody. Anybody who makes a decision to follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior does so at the prompting of the hand of God, not humans. So you don't get to you don't get to self glory, and you don't really get to self deny because you're not in either position. God's in charge, and that's what you want. You're just like yeah. Pfft. Remember uh, Romans one sixteen. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God. Not the person who's saying it. It, the gospel itself. That good news, that does it. You just tell people, I, I know that I've gone through witnessing classes, so I really know this, and I hate to say it that way, but I know that they teach us this method and this method. I got it, I got it, I got it. Just be willing if you're a willing vessel, God will teach you everything you have to know. He might send you to a witnessing class. That's great. But none of that happens until you're willing. That's all I'm saying to you. Be a vessel. You are an ambassador. You know, think ambassadorship. Oh, that sounds cool. I want to be an ambassador. You are. You're just an ambassador for a different land, a heavenly city. You're already that. Don't let the enemy put you on the side. God doesn't like you less now than when you first became a Christian. God doesn't think of you less because of the sins you committed last week 
as though he didn't know you were going to commit them when you said yes 25 years ago. It's like, omniscience is, ready? Omniscience. He knows everything, not some things. Okay? All right. All right, so we have to answer the question, right? The trivia question. Isn't that a – I think that teaching on just – it's just – I don't know. I like stuff like that. Uh, I wish they would have told me that in the first five years of my Christianity. After Abraham sacrificed a ram in the place of his son Isaac, what name did Abraham give to that place? Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. That's why the Lord provided a ram. That's remember what Abraham said to his son? The Lord will provide a sacrifice. Exactly what was going on there. Uh, the idea, but don't worry about saying it perfectly. That's not the big Thing. The big thing here is to understand that for those of you that I mentioned earlier that are going through some big financial struggles and you kind of feel like you're at the end of your rope, the Lord will provide. Okay, You have to have a greater sense of faith and confidence that God is faithful in everything. After all, he knows how many hairs on your head you have. You don't even know that. So he certainly knows how much money you have in your account. Okay, That is something you know. All right, all right. Be used of the Lord. You can be, you should be, and you should want to be. Folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Going to take a 22 and a half hour break. Then we'll come back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Just as I am, he reached down and the views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.